There's a train that's going to go from uh, Manali all the way to Leh. <laughs> Which train? Pelaspur to Leh. What do you think about that? I think it's great for the people who want to take the bloody train, yeah. Biker Radio Broadcast advises safety at all times. Discusses underage riding, but celebrates the spirit of motorcycling. And how? Twenty-three on the Biker Radio broadcast. I am Shandy, and I am Sunny, and this is the twin episode celebrating India's launch of Royal Enfield Continental GT and the Interceptor 650s during the Rider Mania 2018 weekend at the Royal Enfield Garage Cafe in Arpora on the Baga Creek in Sunny Goa. If you've heard episode 18 of the Biker Radio broadcast, you'll know that a couple of months back we were in the UK to receive the Vickers Award. While we were there, we decided to visit the National Motorcycling Museum in Solihull, which is a suburb of Birmingham. Apart from the absolutely stunning collections of motorcycles, the museum also houses merchandise and a bookstore. And one of the most prominent displays is that of a 1953 bullet, period apparel, and books like Overland to India and Overland to Vietnam. As you walk in the main doors, yeah. um, before you get to the the shop in the corner, yeah. my bike is there with a mannequin next to it. Ah. The mannequin's got all my riding gear on. Ah. Yeah. yeah, and the goggles, and the bike is filthy. It's so dirty, and there's a rope around it because they don't want people to send them the dry cleaning bill. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's that's my Overland to Vietnam bike. So they have it there for a year. Little did we know that we would be sitting with the author of these books, the great man himself, one hot afternoon in Goa a couple of months later. But we should have because Gordon May is Royal Enfield's historian at large, and there we were talking to the legend about his overland rides to the subcontinent. Three years ago, I rode overland from England to Vietnam. Wow. Which was 11,500 miles nice. on a rigid wartime motorcycle, so no suspension on the back, wow. a hardtail. How's your back? That's good. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> no, there's two springs on the seat, and it's a saddle, and they, you know, you bounce up and down a bit. Oh my God. We had no time at all to rig up our gear and had to resort to recording him on our field recorder. Which usually picks up more ambient sound than we would want it to. We asked Gordon how long he'd been with Ali, or if this was something that he did on his own. It is, yeah. I um, <clears throat> got my first Royal Enfield in 1985, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a British one, a 250 Crusader. Okay. And uh, I arrived in India a couple of years later, so 87. 
across the land border from Pakistan and within two minutes I heard this amazing thump of a single cylinder air cooled engine and this black Royal Enfield bullet just trundled past with this wonderful sound behind it and of course I already had the connection because I had a Royal Enfield and uh, I remember just looking at my partner at the time and saying we've just got to do that <laughs> so um, that was in near Amritsar we travelled down to Delhi and uh, immediately bought a 350 bullet mm-hmm. it was the deluxe version so deluxe in those days meant red paint rather than black paint and an extra chrome on the petrol tank and it really was a thing of beauty but um, we'd arrived with no riding gear Uh, my mechanical skills were somewhat limited Mm -hmm. quickly solved the riding gear issue we went to the uh, to the uh, bazaar Mm -hmm. and bought ex-army clothing and a couple of crash helmets so we, we now had safety Mm-hmm. Um, and it was probably the best thing we did because wherever we went, we you was we were saluted. <laughs> <laughs> the police saluted us. The army saluted us. Uh, people came out of their homes and saluted as we drove past. Best of all, once we got up to Kathmandu in Nepal, um, we slowly went past a fire station and they were having a parade ground inspection. Right. And um, there red and chrome fire engine matched our motorcycle and and all the firemen were in a line and uh, in their best dressed uniforms and there was a senior officer there and he pointed to us and made them all salute us in wow. unison and it was an absolutely uh, ma- magical moment yeah absolutely um, how long were you here for that time? Uh, five months plan. okay the plan was it was five months yeah there wasn't a plan it was uh, it was that sort of time when you're young where you think you can where you can explore and you don't have the commitments that come later in life so um, we were just rambling overland eventually ending in New Zealand so it was just um, let's stay here and enjoy it as much as we can and when the time came to move on sadly had to part with that bullet and, and yeah, yeah it was impossible to take it out in those days and in New Zealand I very quickly bought a, uh, a bullet a 350 bullet but it was a, an older one a 1952 one but my, my idea was to restore it so that I could relive the kind of experiences I'd had on one while traveling around India and Nepal. Um, and when I moved to the UK in 1999, I began to uh, think about... I'd had a business in New Zealand and I wanted to think of a, a, a different kind of business in the UK and motorcycling was always my absolute passion and I loved Royal Enfields. So I started a magazine purely about Royal Enfields called The Bulletin. Um, So this is a a very long way of telling you how I became a historian. (laughs) Um, And whilst doing that magazine, I began to research the company's history and accumulate uh, images and make contacts and make friends with people who used to work in the old British company, in the factories, who were the... uh, test riders and who were the development engineers and who were the managers quite a lot of these guys were still around Um, so I I was like a sponge soaking up information from them and at the same time um, 
liaised a lot with the UK importer of the new Royal Enfields and um, before I knew it I had uh, the opportunity to meet representatives from the factory and in 2002 I came out to Chennai and I spent two weeks in the factory researching the Indian Mm -hmm. company's uh, history Mm -hmm. and it's just continued to grow and develop from there so that's how I became Royal Enfield historian it always makes me smile being called historian because I always think a historian's got a a grey beard which I've got now anyway and they spend months at a time in dusty libraries libraries, sweating over uh, ledgers motorcycle production ledgers from 1912 but of course it's nothing like that Where does that come from? I mean, you know, or, or you just picked it up? Or is it something that you just just flowed with as it went along? I got as motor- a motorcycle as, uh, 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 as soon as I could, as soon as I was legally allowed to, okay. and uh, that's always been my passion. Uh-huh. And I love the um, classic style machines. Um, I love the simplicity of them. I love the beauty of the lines. I I, I like how you can see what each component's meant to do, and it's not shrouded in plastic or technology that you can't understand. And and Royal Enfield's perfect for that because the, 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 these beautiful machines that are being made today are are clean and simple, and uh, they're easy to understand. They're not cluttered with modern tech you know too much modern tech they're modern motorcycles the broadcast goes goa rider mania 2018 the biker radio broadcast listen connect ride on my name's gordon may 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 and i'm here with biker radio broadcast when something happens as a historian do you get a sense of it right then or you just wait for time to reflect on it I think uh, how I and, and I'm please bear in mind I'm not a historian I'm Royal Enfield's historian so uh, it, it, this is very focused and, and very niche um, but I'm very conscious that everything that happened the, the company's evolved so much it's right. incredible exactly. um, the, 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 the way that the business has evolved and changed mm-hmm. um, and it's, it's a huge uh, tribute to the, the, the people in the, in the business mm-hmm. and the leadership of, of Siddharth Lal that, uh, that it develops like this um, so I am conscious that there's so much happening so many exciting things happening and every one of them are conscious that we will look back at some point in the future to this as being an important time so therefore it is history mm-hmm. in the making yeah, and I'm ac- acutely aware of that and, and, and um, I feel really privileged to be invited along to these events and contribute but also to record them mm-hmm. and um, it's lovely to look back and talk about these things from experience now, right. not from I've read it in a book that something that happened 70 years ago has actually happened now and I've experienced it and I can talk about it in the future or write about it in the future, yes. 
uh, you've seen the company kind of move ahead and newer models coming up every now and then. Um, they've just come up with something which is absolutely new, 650cc, and they're going forward with that. Mm -hmm. Do you get a sense that this is history in the making? Uh, unquestionably. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. the, um, the, the quality of this new machine is like nothing Royal Enfield have done before. Mm -hmm. The way it... So that's the quality of manufacture, uh, the quality of design, the process that's led to this machine is quite something as well. Um, and that, that's come about because of the investment in people and investment in the business. Uh, never before has so much been put into the development of, of a motorcycle. Obviously, these machines haven't come out of thin air. Royal Enfield has got such a wonderful, rich heritage and inspiration has been drawn from the machines of the past. Um, but the every stage, the way these bikes have been developed, is just a complete step change for the company. Um, I, I, I find it it's, it's beyond my comprehension also because I ride old bikes that you're having to fix all the time. Mm -hmm. um, but these machines are coming with a three years warranty and roadside assistance it's uh, um, uh, for, for me as a, a, a guy who keeps bikes from the 1930s 40s and 50s on the road that seems like uh, something from another planet it's incredible and, and absolutely brilliant for riders who um, don't have the experience of keeping old bikes going um, these are not old bikes they are a modern machine now but with beautiful styling that harks back to the past yeah so, so were you in any way part of I mean other than the fact that you've already you know you are literally a repository of information or inspiration for the past but were you actively involved these machines were these new Interceptor and Continental GT 650 twins were uh, largely designed at the, new, the company's new research and development centre in the UK. Right. So the UK Technology Centre, which is in Bruntingthorpe near Leicester, mm -hmm. um, but done in conjunction with the research and development guys that are already in Chennai. Right. Uh, so it's a co collaboration, uh, but a lot of the work of the, of the design and the engine was done in the UK. Um, and that is a fabulous facility that the company have built with, a, I think, around about 130 people working there. Uh, engineers brought in, very, you know, superb engineers brought in from all around the world. Mm -hmm. And I just love going there because, again, it's, I, I see them designing things and I see the clay models that they work with. And, um, and I see the guys in the workshops taking the engines apart after they've had tens of thousands of miles on and they're measuring uh, you know, to see th th this is you know it's world class what they're doing, and uh, I, I love being there and seeing this process happen. And this is a new thing for Rolandford. They've gone so far beyond anything they've done before, and it's set a, pla a, a real solid platform for the future. Yeah, so it's incredibly exciting times to uh, witness. But, but were you personally directly involved? No, I was. I was not involved. Did they showed you before they launched it. Yeah, I, I, I had the privilege of riding a couple of the prototypes around the test track, okay. but my input was uh, of just 
they, they could tell by the breadth of the smile on my face that I, <laughs> I loved them and the fact I didn't want to give them back. Uh, but no, they, they have um, absolutely superb test riders mm-hmm. and development engineers right. that fine-tuned how the motorcycle handled. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a really superb guy who does the engine management system, the fine-tuning of it. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I've noticed about this bike in riding it is the, the way it's fueled. A, a lot of fuel-injection motorcycles, they can be quite snatchy. Mm-hmm. This is just beautiful. From the second you touch the throttle, it's smooth and the acceleration is clean and, and immediate. Mm-hmm. Um, so, sorry, this isn't a plug for the company. I'm just speaking out of absolute enthusiasm from my experience of how they're being made and what they like to ride. The Rodcast goes goa. Rider Mania 2018. The Biker Radio Rodcast. Listen, connect, ride on. My name's Gordon May, 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 and I'm here with Biker Radio Rodcast. Been around the country? Yes, yes. What did you like the first time you were here? When it was absolutely virgin for you when you, when you got in here. Now, obviously, you've been through too many airports. Yeah, um, India's so vibrant. Yeah. It, it was when I first came here, and it still is now. Okay. Um, uh, because I'm looking at it with uh, a, a European eye, to me India is so colourful and um, I just I just uh, have the most wonderful time. I, I love engaging with people. I find people are very open in India, uh, open-hearted, open-minded, and uh, I love interaction with people here. Um, and I think motorcyclists, there's a real... Frit- uh, motorcycles are a great leveller, you know. You can be... Well, and Sadat is a, a, a brilliant example of this. He's the CEO of the company, but he's a, he's a motorcyclist who stop and talk to anybody. And, uh, and I think that um, it doesn't matter your, uh, where you come from, how rich or how poor you are, anything about your culture. As a motorcyclist, you have an immediate connection with people. And it is, it's a really great fraternity to belong to. Quite honestly, the smell for me of uh, milky chai and the uh, tandoor oven with uh, uh, chapati coming out of it. Right next to me as that beat dub, 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 went past. It's, yeah, they're all very sensual, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's primarily the reason why we have stuck to audio. Yeah. We don't want to compete in the visual space. Mm-hmm. It's too cluttered. Yeah. And uh, we can afford the batteries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but more than that, you're doing something that's unique. and. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. Yeah. I also wanted to ask you, you know, the sound has changed for the machines. Yes, it has. What yep. do you personally feel about that? And, uh, well, Rollingfield always made twins. Well, they, before the Second World War, they made V-twins. Mm-hmm. That was a different sound. Mm-hmm. Um, after the Second World War, they made parallel twins. So the, 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 the Interceptor isn't the first parallel twin. That's, well, the first parallel twin started in 1948. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was simply called the 500 twin, or we refer to it now as the twin with no name. 
and and so that the sound of a parallel twin has you know been long established with Royal Enfield. There's no way you could make it sound like a 350 bullet. So what is a parallel twin? <laughs> we don't know anything about motorcycles. We <laughs> <You> really don't. <laughs> so you you understand that a twin is because it's got two cylinders and two pistons. Right, so sing- the, the bullet is a single cylinder motorcycle. It has one piston that goes up and down, which drives the crankshaft. Well, a, a, a twin has two. Okay. And, a the, good idea? and the parallel twin is that they are sitting side by side at the front of the engine as opposed to an inline twin or a horizontal twin. They're sitting at the front of the engine side by side. Okay. Yeah. And they, move, they both move... In one direction at the same time? No. Most of the old uh, British parallel twins were 360 degrees, so one goes up, comes down, the other one goes up. Whereas uh, this is a 270 degree, so it it has a slightly brum 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 offbeat rhythm to it, which actually it's it's quite fascinating how it was arrived at because uh, the company were developing the chassis for this and they built three engines with three different firing configurations and uh, uh, senior people within the company and designers um, took the bike out on test rides to see which they liked the best and that was about the feel of the bike and the sound Sound. of it absolutely the sound of it and, uh, and including Sadat went out and everybody uh, decided that uh, came to the same conclusion that the 270 degree set crank had the best feel and the best sound wow. yeah. so Gordon that was history great. in the making definitely thank you we had such a great thank time. You for your time thank you my pleasure I enjoyed it <laughs> <laughs> the broadcast goes goa rider mania 2018 The Biker Radio Broadcast. Listen, connect, ride on. That's the Elvis Lobo project playing in the background. This highway that was announced, uh, not a highway, actually a train. Yeah. What do you think about that? Which train? There's a train that's going to go from uh, Manali all the way to Leh. Belasport, Leh. What do you think? I think it's great for the people who want to take the bloody train, yeah. <laughs> awesome. I mean, for the number of drinks you had, you're fairly sane. Ullah. Ullah. So there we were with motorcycling royalty once again, Veernakai and Harshman Rai of Helmet Stories. And Harsh joined us a little later. But we put this question to Veer. And we asked Veer what he felt about the twins. It's right. amazing. No, it's really, it's... Uh, it's uh, you were at W, right? Uh, you checked yeah. into W. Yeah. And then what happened? They gave me a motorcycle and I used a smile on my face all evening until I had to give it back and then I cried. And then I drank beers with Siddharth Lal and then I woke up in the morning early. I went to sleep early because you guys are partying here and we can see what <laughs> happened right. last night here, right? Okay, right and okay. I went to sleep early to wake up again at 6 in the morning, watch the sun come up. Never really happens. Uh, get on the bike, ride it in the morning, uh, before breakfast, before a coffee. Like it was just gotta get back on the bike. It's an unbelievable leap from what they've been at. It's they've been obviously trying to get it for years. I mean, like 
say for instance the old GT it was a real step out of their comfort zone to bring out a motorcycle like that with its history and stuff like that and it was a chance of course you you take that chance uh, the Himalayan was even a bigger chance right and the bikes were good they were not good I mean depending on what people say I mean I own both of them so we start there I love my motorcycles I love my Royal Enfields I am kind of biased like I told you right. guys before they are Indian my father wrote them like they are all over the place and they are great to stand by right. to have a brand that is your own right, right? but they weren't as sophisticated they weren't like out there like the rest of them they wanted to go abroad they wanted to make the world they didn't have anything that was really putting them there and the way they could get their foot out this has surpassed all those things and they were like i'm telling you like rode it i really did not want to like the continental gt because i own the older one and i was just like i just like how dare they make a new one to make my old one look bad right so i was just like i don't want to ride this motorcycle i don't want to ride it i would just want to ride the interceptor And of course, I got there to the W, and they handed me the keys to the Continental GT. I was at the gate, and I had a huge smile at my face, and I was just like, "They're an exchange program. They probably take your old one." I would not let them touch my old one. No, it made it easy for me, so I won't buy a new. Maybe, yeah, it's. So the children's school fees, fees, करके फिर जो पैसे बचेंगे उसमें you know the wife pays all that, yeah. Oh, अच्छा. Also buys my motorcycle, so. So cool, man. No, it's cool uh, it it uh, you gotta work at it really hard for that. Right. You gotta look like this. Right. No, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's an unbelievable moment. I mean, like, I'm really proud of them. They've really like it's obviously fruition of like so much work put together to get there. And I think they're gonna do, it's it's gonna change people's minds about what Enfields are. They're gonna be able to like it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. I think for them, mm-hmm. it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a really crazy run from here on. Would the two of you like to take this out on your next trip? Of course, they, everyone knows that. Yeah, uh, they we don't know. Dis- everybody knows that what will happen with these motorcycles is that they, they will disappear. We will disappear down many endless roads. That lots of things are going to happen. It's a yeah, it's such a beautiful motorcycle. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I sound like I'm drunk, but I'm really not that drunk. You guys were in Nepal the last two rides. Right? Yeah, Mustang Valley and the other was. And what next? So next is those are rekis. So we take some people back there. But uh, with these motorcycles, yeah, I'll tell you everything on like can't let out all my secrets now, yeah. No, no, a few then. I don't, I don't want all your secrets. No, no, no. Those secrets, are, those are there aren't any secrets. Uh, there are the Himalayas, yeah. Think about it, east to west Himalayas. Uh, Would you take this out? It uh, it depends on how how much you want it to be, how long you want it to be, yeah. Uh, yeah, take this out. Of course, I would. Of course, then I take it. The way I like to ride motorcycles, I like to buy, do everything on them. I mean, right. buy bhaji, right. take it to the. Yeah. I'd like to say bar, but I mean not to the bar. Uh, buy, go buy beers, bring them home. I've taken the big ones and I've put, uh, open the boxes and I bought vegetables and I put the vegetables in it. So I mean, that's the idea to use them right. every day. And right. I think these bikes are going to be like brilliant to use every day. Yeah. And I mean that price. Just oh, makes yeah. it even better to like two use it. One interceptor, one GT. But when we buy, we have to buy two two. How often are you here in Goa? It used to be a regular family destination for the winters, so it used to be at least once a year. But now, since the motorcycling scene has kind of erupted, we are here so often. For I was actually thinking of the last time I was here on holiday, right. which uh, I can't remember when that right, was. Right, right. We are so we are here at least. Two, See, times obviously, you've been here before to the Royal in, Enfield in all camp. in in all its forms. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've been here. I, I, what do you think of the current form? Oh, it's really nice. 
it's really nice. I love the fact that you can like sit, drink with motorcycles around you, and like uh, get to play. You can go check out stuff, and uh, the music is great. Yeah. The chorizo pizza is unbelievable. Uh, when I cook the chorizo, it's even better than what they serve here. But yeah. they don't let me in anymore. Yeah. Anymore? No, no, no. Goa needed a place like this, and yeah. they were waiting for a place like this, and. It's the right vibe for the right kind of place, and I think the guys who designed it also. I mean, like, I'm, it's just like I'm gushing about Royal Enfield. <laughs> that is the idea. I'm so happy, Sadat. Please send me three bikes. There you go. Yeah. The, one, the first one's arriving tomorrow. Superb. Second you, one the day after. So just send them home here. Yeah, Done. But yeah, it's a. Uh, you guys have to ride it to see. But I haven't. I, I rode an Aprilia scooty ten minutes back. So it will be a far better experience than that. It will? Definitely. So I will take your word. Swere, swere utke. Swere panjuye. Swere, swere panjuye. Go watch the sunrise. Have a chai. Go to Baba Aram. Have some uh, good eggs and bacon. Okay. They open at 9 though. So I mean, you're. No, no, I'll wait outside. Swere, swere, swere. Do it. You won't be very happy. You won't be depressed. For a couple of hours. Well, let's get hold of Harsh. Ah, there he's with Sabrat and Debu and. Hey! <laughs> so you rode the 650? Yeah. How was it? You know, it, it actually far exceeded my expectations. You know, because they are so used to uh, riding Royal and Fields that you actually have to work upon to get the full satisfaction and you know he knows it I know it uh, we've never bought a, a Royal Enfield a stock Royal Enfield and not done any work on it and I think this is this will probably be the first Royal Enfield that we are happy the way it is yeah yeah so, yeah right yeah 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 paint job paint job Okay. Yeah, and I kind of, you know, maybe pinstripes or is that too old? <laughs> yeah. The colors he's wearing, man. He's a hipster on the outside, but his motorcycles are hipster. But I have old school art on my back. And nobody will know now. They only heard your voice say that. There's a dubious right there. Have you guys decided where you're going to go out? Let me turn around. Old school. Take these bikes out. Uh, Have you decided where you going to take these? Yeah, cars? definitely. Uh, we know we want to, uh, you know, our normal uh, ride, rides. Since you guys were out in the northeast. Yeah, yeah. So that's why we actually go back right. and we'll actually uh, do a bit of research and see what roads uh, suit these motorcycles. Uh, How and do you find that out? Oh. Local knowledge. We, we, we always, we always uh, you know, defer to local knowledge and... We try and meet people who, you know, have similar, you know, ideas and similar kind of things. And in fact, we met somebody from uh, Manipur right now. So now we'll actually talk to him and see what's nice because uh, it'll be great to see Manipur. And yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And actually Bacon to ham. We also you know there's a big controversy over uh, which state has the best momos. 
So we want to lay that to rest. Yeah, the most definitive. I think that's a project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this, this is going to be the, the most stories. Yeah. Momo the Momo ride. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Momo trail. The Momo Mo trail. Mo trail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Hey, thanks. Hey. The broadcast goes goa. Rider Mania 2018. I'm a Carolyn. I live in Goa. Oh, you do? Yes. So are you a repeat visitor here? Yes, I've been here about three or four times now. So. <laughs> what makes you come back to this place? Well, I'm a biker. I like the place. It's got a nice vibe. It's comfortable. Mamta, I'm from Mumbai. Well, it seems I come for all the <laughs> bike festivals. Oh, really? Uh, uh, yeah. Why I mean, is that I mean, so? And you're not a biker? No, I'm a pillion rider. Ah, <laughs> I love bikes. Okay. I love bikes. Can't ride. Okay. What do you like about this place? It's nice. It's open. It's uh, it, it's lovely and all like-minded people around. Uh, fun to be with, Jamshed's a friend. And the food is good. I love the panakora. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Really amazing. My name is Priya and I edit a magazine okay. out of Delhi. And it's called? It's called Splurge. Okay. So what brings you to Goa? Um, Royal Enfield. Yes. My first visit to the cafe. Do you like it? Yeah, I like the, uh, the ambiance and I, I really love the museum. And um, I think it's very nice that they have the World War II motorcycle because I'm a big fan of World War II stuff. Uh, and I love the shop also. I thought it was really, really nicely done. Vivek Narayan, Delhi. I am a risk management professional, insurance and uh, risk management. And you rode all the way? That's right. This is the first time I've done um, this ride okay. How was the experience? Awesome. Because you're passing through different states and different terrains and different cultures, different approach to life and... Different places you're staying in, different, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful experience. Also riding. the first time here at the Garage Cafe? Yes. Actually, last night we liked it so much that we came here. How's the experience? Very good. Actually, I love the whole thing. Hey, Ma, how's it going? It's brilliant. I love it. Okay, so now we have all the Rider Mania, not all the Rider Mania participants, but most of them. Uh, and We hear a hundred women are here. Yes, yes. The idea was to get more and more women here so we can sit, chill together and write more and build more stories around each other. You, of course, are somebody who's been coming to Goa quite often. Yes. I came first time as a participant in 2016 for Rhydomania. Really? Yes. Okay. And right after that, this 2017, I was an organizer. So you've been here since the Royal Enfield Garage Cafe was being Absolutely, built, Absolutely, right? yeah. I was here last time when it was not open and this time it's running. Yeah. Yep. I love this place. What do you like about this place most? Dude, I think it's uh, it's one place where you still think that you're very connected to motorcycle and you're having fun. You're not really riding a motorcycle, but you still feel that the whole environment is in sync. Right. You know, when you're riding in a motorcycle, you have this sometimes this this sort of song that keeps going in your head and you want to dance. It's the same feeling, just that you're on your foot and you're dancing. Actually, <laughs> it's that. Radio Broadcast. My name is Hima Chaudhary. The Broadcast goes Goa. Rider Mania 2018. The Biker Radio Broadcast. Listen, connect, ride on. Directing this is multiple photographs that has come together and given to you as a video and then given to you as photos. Now, with this. Another day in paradise, Goa. A traveler's pilgrimage. Goa has so much to offer. It's marinated in local culture, food, 
players, communities, forts, churches, temples, docks, beaches. It even has diesel-powered casinos, ogling male tourists, cheap sunglasses. The list is endless. It's got everything and for everybody. Different strokes for different folks. Today was our day to meet a traveler, Rohit, the toll-free traveler. A blogger, vlogger, who was giving a talk at the Garage Cafe to vlogging enthusiasts. So we decided to begin the day with a chat with him. The broadcast goes Goa. Rider Mania 2018. Well, it was a workshop on motor vlogging, which is motorcycle vlogging content and creating videos connected to the things that you do with your motorcycle. So my motorcycle is a key character in all my travel stories. So it so happens that I sort of get categorized into the moto vlogger category and sometimes the travel vlogger category. And uh, I think a lot of people who come to Ridermania are people who are traveling significant distances on their motorcycle. And uh, action cameras are now more affordable. The idea of recording your own travel experience is growing more popular. So I guess everybody who was here was sort of curious to know about how they can do it and figure the the logistics of it, I guess, the the painful back processes. I will meet a lot of people because I think a lot of people who follow what I do and a lot of people whose work I follow are at this event. So it's a great place to sort of finally meet people in real life. Like I'm meeting you guys for the first time here. We've connected before and uh, it's happening over here and that's essentially what it is about. So I, I actually enjoy uh, these motorcycling festivals most for the real life connections that you make of a lot of people who share a common interest, right? So I was here last year to this property a couple of days ago. Yeah, I love it. It's brilliant. And no better place to have done the first one than in Goa. I am Rohit, better known as Toll Free Traveler. And you're listening to me on the Biker Radio broadcast. I'm a Royal Enfield rider. Yes. I ride a Thunderbird 500. I love them. So I was fortunate enough to ride them two days ago. I was here for the launch. And uh, the Interceptor is my preferred bike because it's, it's a, I think, a posture and overall uh, ride that I'm more used to. But um, it's, it's leaps of progress. And it was really, really nice to see. It was really nice to experience as well. Well, I think everybody's going to be saying this, but no vibrations. I was actually very surprised because I'm used to it. And I've, been, I've ridden my Thunderbird over 70,000 kilometers. I've ridden several other Hari machines. I think the Himalayan was significant progress as well. I mean, it was a lot less vibration, a lot more comfortable. But uh, when I saw this engine, I was just like, okay, so big, it's going to give you two times the push. You can also feel the torque and the power in the bike. So I mean, it was a pleasant surprise. I really enjoyed being on it. I hope to spend more time on the Interceptor, definitely. The broadcast goes Goa. Rider Mania 2018. Flying around in the exalted atmosphere of planet Royal Enfield like two space tourists, we were basically comet hopping. And what a spectacular trail our next celebrity has blazed. Motorcycle designer Mark Wells is a superstar to reckon with. And we can't believe he spent over an hour sitting with us, taking us through the step-by-step process of building a world-class production motorcycle. We, of course, can't reveal it because, you know, we know too much. Twin much? You know, um, in this country, motorcycling is a British Indian legacy. Mm. 
it's been for such a long time. How does it feel to follow in the tracks of something that's been laid out long time back and it's done so well for itself? I pinch myself on a daily basis. I think I have the best job in the world. And so my 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 background, my um, my grandfather uh, served in the Second World War um, with the Royal Signals. So he rode uh, dispatch motorcycles um, and he fought with the Eighth Army. Went up through. North Africa and then up through Sicily and then into Italy it was at Monte uh-huh. Cassino and, uh-huh. and he used to ride uh, bikes in the army he used to compete in speedway events and things and so when he came out of the army he became a motorcycle mechanic okay. um, worked on motorcycles all his life um, they had Velocets that, that was the brand that they owned and I still own his I've got his 1958 Venom um, and so growing up, I lived about uh, 10 miles from Brands Hatch. So we would go to Brands Hatch quite regularly, me and my, my father, my uncle, my dad, um, and some of my friends. And I would watch most forms of motorsport, but, but specifically bikes and lots of classic bike racing. So I grew up around classic British motorcycles. Um, I always, my mother can draw, and I've always had a bit of a talent for drawing-ish. Okay. And, um, and so... For me, it just was the natural way of putting the two things together. I've always said if I was... So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a designer, and I love design, and I, I still see... Even though my role is now more managerial, I still see myself as a designer. But I've always said, you know, you could take the designer bit away as long as you left the motorcycle bit there. So I could be a motorcycle salesman, I could be... And I did, I, I worked in a, in a motorcycle clothing shop, selling clothing when I was a, a teenager, when I was a student. Um, you know, if I was quick, I could be a motorcycle racer, but I'm not quick enough. If I was clever, I could be a motorcycle engineer, but I'm not clever enough. <laughs> But as long as you left the motorcycle bit in the title, I'd be happy. So for me, there is nothing else I've ever wanted to do ever since I was a little top. Um, and being able to work for a brand like Royal Enfield is just a massive honour. Wow. Um, Did you guys get to build a, your own thing before this? So we... team? So, yeah, so our story is we... Um, I studied at Newcastle University, Northumbria University in Newcastle. Um, did uh, automotive design and met a chap there called Ian Ride. Um and I think almost even in our first year certainly by the second year we decided we were going to set up a business we were complete idiots <laughs> and because um, there was no no customers no but we said yeah we're going to do a motorcycle design business and we we got a bit of help from the uni in the first year we had some space they gave us in, the, in, a, in an old literally in an old cupboard um, it was an old storeroom an old metal storeroom we cleared it out and we used that as sort of an office and, and um, and we started doing just small accessories, and we built the business from there. We just just grew uh, kind of motorcycle accessories, so uh, like uh, huggers and belly pans, and you know GRP composite carbon fiber that sort of stuff. Um, and then we picked up some contracts working with OEMs, so we did some some stuff for different brands, um, and it just grew from there. And we started working with Royal Enfield in. 2005 I think um, was the first time we did something for Royal Enfield uh, my first trip to India I think was 2006 um, so I've been coming here a long time and I've seen it change dramatically yeah I mean I think you know it's when What's I first uh, I think it's just the amount of building work you know you go to Chennai now and as soon as you come out of the airport at Chennai there's now a flyover that wasn't there before none of the cars are ambassadors anymore they were all you know they were all ambassadors when I first came to India um, and just the just the sheer volume you know coming here to Goa even Goa feels busy now you know as you come through Panjim and I know that partly because there's a lot of construction going on but that's the point is there's so much going on and happening um, but I kind of see India as a second home now I mean I've been coming here so long that, that, um, that it's almost a, a second home uh, 
I mean, the, the vibrance, the... I mean, India is, is fully at both ends of the spectrum, you know? <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's, it has everything here. There's all humanity here. And when you first come here as, as, a, as a, you know, an Englishman, it's, um, it's a culture shock. It's, it's, it's you know, the, 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 just the, the sheer volume of people. You know, the, it's funny. I remember we had some chaps from Royal Enfield over in the UK, and we were out. We did a bit of a tour. We went to the, we took them to the National Motorcycle Museum and down to Sammy Miller's down on the south coast and some other of the motorcycle places. And I remember having the sat nav on and the sat nav ran out of battery and, and saying, "Oh, I don't know how to get there now." Why don't you just ask someone? <laughs> I'm on the motorway. I can't just stop and ask someone. That's not how it. But in India, of course, that's exactly what you do. And there would be somebody there that you could ask, and they'd know, and they'd be very friendly, and they'd help you out. Um, and so that doesn't change at all. That's you know that vibrance, that friendliness, that you know I, I find. I've always loved coming to India because of the people. I think the people are great. Um, it has its frustrations as well. You know, there's um, there's definitely a. Uh, and I'm not a particularly punctual person, but India makes me look like I'm the most punctual person going. Yeah, um, shoots me to the ground because in England I'm always the last person at a meeting, whereas in India I'm always within the. Um, so yeah. Um, but no, I, I love coming to India. I mean, there's a certain timelessness about it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. There is. So we'd like to believe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so, yeah, working in the industry, um, working for Royal Enfield is, is a huge honour. And, and I mean, I know, you know, my dad's exceedingly proud that I get to do it. And, I'm, uh, you know, I kind of hope, I think, my granddad passed away many years ago now, but I kind of... For me, that's part of all of this is, is you know, I want to do stuff that, as every kid does, wants to make their dad proud. So, yeah, it's a, for me, it's a real honour. And and Royal Enfield is a great business to work for. I mean, it's a very much a family business still, you know. And, and I mean, we spent 15 years building up our own business and being self-employed, and, and that was our baby. And so we took we thought quite a long... When, when Siddharth first said to us, would you, would you think about coming and being part of Royal Enfield? We initially were hesitant, you know, because we had we had other clients, we had other stuff going on. Um, but in Sid's leadership and, and and the way that he is, the way he is with people, the way he cares so much about the brand, the fact that you know he's out riding the bikes, he's fully invested. You just think, yep, actually, that's somebody I'm I'm prepared to to give up being independent and follow. Um, you know, and his his vision for the brand and the brand itself. I mean the. the I passionately believe Royal Enfield has the most opportunity, the most potential of any brand in the motorcycle industry. So, if you look at, and you're not saying that because I'm not saying that. No, no, I can, I can validate it. So, so if you look at, um, if you look at the, 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 the motorcycle industry across the globe, India is the largest market by a country mile. So, India is uh, something like 28 million powered two wheelers are sold every year. Around that, I can't remember the exact figure between scooters and motorcycles um, and and so all of the world's manufacturers are looking at trying to break into India so that you know all of the uh, western you know European American brands the Harleys the Ducatis the KTM's Triumphs are all trying to get into India they all see that opportunity and, and but they don't have so their brands are powerful I mean a brand like Harley's is very well established and very powerful but they don't have the distribution they don't have the connection they don't understand the market they don't have the supply chain they can't build at the, the value point um, and they're you know they're, they're, some are making better inroads than others they're setting up joint ventures you know and, and good luck to them I think the more variety the better um, but yeah as I say they, they just don't have that volume and volume changes so the number of motorcycles you make changes how you think about the design so that's right 
if you're only making 50,000 motorcycles a year and so say one model line is going to be doing 5,000 units a year you have to think about the tooling cost of your fuel tank you know so the, the going back to that idea of the big dies they're expensive to make you know they're, they're lots and lots of money to make and so so if you're only making 5,000 the cost of that tooling has to be amortised over the number of units you're going to make Royal Enfield we go through 10 fuel tank tools a month because we're making so many motorcycles so it gives us economies of scale that they can't they can't achieve and so so their ability to break into the market is, is limited equally there are brands in India again some great brands you know the heroes the badge edges that, that have um, scale outside of India they don't have the, the, they're not known as a brand you know whereas Royal Enfield has that advantage of having scale in India and a brand that has nostalgic echo in places like North America Europe Australia South Africa Japan if you're into motorcycles, you know the brand Royal Enfield wherever you are in the world. And even if it's just the slightest, faintest knowledge, there's a hook and we can then start explaining our story and our legacy. And our story is a, a very true and honest story. You know, we're not somebody hasn't just put their money in a pocket and gone and bought a brand. This is a true lineage. You know, this, these bikes have never stopped production. Um, and although production shifted from the UK to India, it wasn't like it stopped in the UK and moved to India, but they were coexisting for a long time. And, and so, you know, stories like the Interceptor or the GT, they are entwined in who we are, in the fabric of who we are. We're not, we're not making something up. You know, they are very much about what the brand is. And there are, there are many more of those within the brand. And one of the things that we always say about the brand is that... Um, that everything we do has to have a reason it has to have a story behind it it has to have a purpose we're not just going to look at the market and be a fast follower and say that's selling well let's do one of those mm-hmm. you know we want to go our own way do our own thing be unique um, and and I think you know so for example the Himalayan there was never a Himalayan in our past although there, we, we were very much about off-road motorcycling in the past so Royal Enfield dominated through the 50s and the 60s the international six-day trials and so on um, but but really the fundamental story there is that people take Royal Enfields up to the Himalayas so let's give them a bike for doing exactly that and so you know it's all about having those stories and that legacy The Rodcast goes goa Rider Mania 2018 I've been part of uh, Enfield for a long time actually from the the start of it yeah we actually the first time when they came down Uh we had uh, put the whole uh, the live stage together you know I had kind of curated it way back in 2009 Mm. Uh Yeah, it was a good time. We all got high. I made a baby there at the oh, festival. Really? <laughs> My first kid was actually conceived there. So, okay. Uh-huh. 2009, yeah. It's a long time. How has that changed? I mean, just... Live scene has like kind of narrowed down. I, I guess all over India. It's not, yeah. it's not only in Goa. It's changing. Electronic music is coming. So what's what's coming up today? Play playing with Cliff is going to be like more, more cl- classic classic rock, more music from the 60s, 70s, that was some okay. stuff, a little bit of folk music. Oh, you will? Yeah. Just yeah. some folk? Folk, yeah, local. Oh, music. A lot awesome. of improvisation. Yeah. Now that was Elvis Lobo and Cliff D'Souza, going boys who are superstars on the music scene. The Royal Enfield Garage Cafe is a stunning mix 
of motorcycle museum, rentals, service, retail, food and beverage. And behind the success of the property are key people like Peter. Okay, Peter, tell us about yourself. I work for uh, Royal Enfield, taking care of the sales in Garage Cafe Goa. Are you a happy man now? Uh, kind of mixed feeling. I just recently got married uh, <laughs> three, four months back. So she is working in uh, back in Kerala and I'm here. So How's it going at the Garage Cafe? Uh, garage Cafe is great. The range of accessories, what you find in Garage Cafe starts from rupees 150. Like pin badges which is written RE, then new launches are there which is Interceptor, GT, then helmet pin badges are there, then uh, keychains, wallets, gloves, boots, jackets, riding jackets, shirts, t-shirts, pants, whatever you want to find in an accessory store, yeah, everything is there. Now, Weber is an old hand, a rider, a cool head, and certainly someone who's on the ball all the time. We asked Weber of his quicksilver baptism into the cafe and how he's been taking it in. Well, I'm Weber. Uh, I've been working with Royal Enfield uh, just for about six weeks now. So I'm fairly new to the brand and the company. But uh, I'm not new to Royal Enfield as a rider because I've been riding a Royal Enfield since 1997, so that makes it... 21 years now and I still have that same bullet the one that my dad bought me when I was 16 the plan is to buy him an interceptor and bring mine back here now well I'm uh, managing programming and operations for the entire garage cafe set up in Goa it is a very good job I sometimes have to pinch myself to, to, to kind of just self-assure myself that it's actually happening like you know I'm getting paid to come and live in Goa and run a cafe and a pub and a museum and a gallery and this fancy swanky showroom that we have, you know. Well, operations is uh, the more obvious part. Every, the day-to-day -day running of everything. Ranging from the FNB, the kitchen, the admin, the infrastructure. Because this is not a run-of-the-mill cafe. Neither is it a run-of-the-mill store or showroom, so to say. It's a culmination of all things Royal Enfield, which goes beyond just the motorcycles that we make and sell. It's about an experience, an experience that we want all our customers and even non-customers to uh, come and witness. This whole entire setup is fairly new. It only really got functional in January of this year and we are still in November. So we've barely not even completed 11 months and uh, we want all sorts of people, all diversities, all age groups to come and see what Royal Enfield Garage Cafe is all about to just experience the whole Royal Enfield, the whole lifestyle more than the motorcycle. So Ridermania has been interesting. So it's, it's like a necessary evil I think for this place right now. It makes us push ourselves to really figure out just how much we can cope with just in this establishment. When you have 8,000 riders coming into Hilltop at Vagator for Ridermania and uh, let's face it, we've only had maybe a fraction of them come and visit the cafe. But even that small fraction on the pre-party, on the eve of the Ridermania, the pre-party that we hosted had, I'd say, 250-odd people here. And uh, it, was, it was an eye-opener for us to have to handle so many people. We've basically got a seating capacity of about 120 packs. So we were working at twice our capacity. But the teamwork that everyone displayed was quite phenomenal, like we really pulled it off. More importantly, the customers and the well-wishers and the enthusiasts 
for Royal Enfield they were happy and and that's the steep learning curve which is great because otherwise if it weren't for this we may have taken at least i may have taken what i've crammed into 4 weeks of being here it could have got spread out into the f- entire season so it's been a blessing in disguise and i'm quite happy for it really hi everyone this is webhav from the royal enfield garage cafe at goa we've been uh, pleased to host everyone during the rider mania 2018 if you haven't managed to make it this time worry not the garage cafe is open 12 months in the year whenever you swing by goa make it a point drop in have some of our craft beers and fantastic food visit the showroom we've got a lot of apparel and accessories rent a motorcycle from us and don't forget to follow the biker radio podcast as well that's it folks show some up we spent a grand weekend in goa and we're dying to get back we're still hoping to ride the twins one of these days but this we shall say the thump is now a burble and that's a deep throated roar an indication of what is to come ahead We leave you with the closing act of the Rider Mania 2018 by Indian Ocean. Until then, I'm Shandy and I'm Sunny. Saying over and out, over and out, over and out, over and out.